Love for all, hatred for none. Did you know that Muslims believe in one God and also believe in Jesus and all biblical prophets? Statistics show that Islam is the fastest growing religion, yet one of the most misunderstood. The Ahmadiyya Muslim community presents Message of Islam every Sunday from 4 to 5 p.m. Tune in for an interactive program to remove misunderstandings and to answer your questions about the true Islam. Message of Islam every Sunday from 4 to 5 p.m. Presented by the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community. Located at the Mahdi Mosque, Bushy Park, Old Harbour. Allah and Muhammad is his messenger Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of God be unto you. Hello dear listeners, welcome once again to Message of Islam. Here at Message of Islam, we seek to educate the general public on issues, questions, concerns, and all that you need to know about the true Islam. I am your host, Imam Ibrahim Fawson. Message of Islam is brought to you by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community and for the sake of the new listeners, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is one of the over 70 denominations within Islam. The Ahmadiyya Muslim community is also established across over 200 countries. The motto for this community is love for all and hatred for none. In the course of today's program, if you meet us halfway or you want to send us any message, you can contact us via WhatsApp and the number to do so is 876-283-9533. If you are reaching us outside Jamaica, remember to add a plus one before the 876-283-9533. Also, if you miss a portion of the discussion and you would want to get the full episode, you may do so by visiting our Facebook page, that is facebook.com slash amjjamaica. This and also the previous episodes are going to be available for you to enjoy. Today on Message of Islam, we are discussing one of the most important topics in uh, almost all religions. That is life after death. We're looking at the Islamic concept, what Islam says about life after death. Is it possible that once a person dies, he, he or she takes you know, a different form and also you know, lives in a different world? This is what I have invited Imam Tariq Azim, president and missionary in charge 
of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica to take us through the Islamic concept of life after death. Imam Tariq, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to Message of Islam. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May peace and blessings of God be upon you and all the listeners. Imam Tariq, one thing is very common that we all know we came into this world from somewhere, a place that we have basically no idea, a place that nobody can recall what happened when we were there. And most religions teach us that after this world, this you know temporary world, we're going to take a new form and also live in a different world, which is generally believed as life after death. What does Islam say about this concept? Is it something that Islam also uh, believes in? Yes, uh, in Islam, uh, life after death is a very important uh, part of the belief system of the faith. As a matter of fact, in Islam, uh, we have been taught six articles of faith that are mentioned in the Holy Quran as well as in the sayings of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. So these six articles of faith, first one of them is, of course, belief in one God, God Almighty. And then there is the belief in angels of God, belief in all the prophets of God, belief in all the books of God, and then belief in the day of judgment. Belief, that is a belief in the hereafter, in the next life. That is the fifth on the list. And then there is also the belief in destiny. So you can see from this that um, belief in the hereafter, belief in the next life, it is uh, one of the fundamentals of Islam. To be a Muslim, uh, one of the articles, one of the most basic principles required to be a Muslim is to believe in the next life that whatever we do in this world, we will be held accountable. We are being you know, uh, our actions are being recorded in the sense that we will be either rewarded or punished for our actions in this world. So absolutely, as Muslims, uh, we do believe in the next life. But what happens is that while we are living this, living in this world, living this life, many or most humans, I should say, forget about uh, the next life. Uh, maybe they have moments where they think about it, but for most part, many people forget about the next life completely. And that's why we see so many problems in the world, even in the countries where, you know, countries of the world where uh, Muslims or Christians or even other people that believe in an afterlife live. Even in those countries, you notice there's so much, uh, still so many problems as well. And that is because even though they claim to believe, but truly th that real belief is not there. If that real belief in the afterlife is there, that I will be held accountable for every action that I am doing, you wouldn't see the greed in the world that you see today. You wouldn't see the violence that exists in the world, right? The tortures, the incidents of rape or other forms of abuses or other heinous crimes that are committed in the world, they wouldn't be committed uh, because if someone has firm faith in the afterlife that because I will be held responsible in the next world, for this reason, uh, you know, that person would never commit a crime. This is mentioned throughout the Holy Quran. Belief in the hereafter is required by believers and is, it is mentioned and reminded about throughout the Holy Quran. If I am to just read out the verses, it would take literally hours without even explanation or commentary 
just reading out all the verses from the Holy Quran, there are so many occasions where God talks about uh, life in the hereafter, talks about uh, the afterlife. Right in the beginning, as a matter of fact, uh, that is in chapter 2, verse 5, God Almighty says, uh, Allah the Almighty in these verses is talking about the righteous believers. And Allah says, And who believe in that which has been revealed to thee, and that which was revealed before thee, and they have firm faith in the Akhirah. Akhirah is the Arabic word for hereafter, for what is to come after. So as believers, one of the one of the qualities for righteous believers mentioned is that they believe in something that is, or you know, a life that is after this world, after we have passed away from this world. Then in chapter 2, same chapter, verse 26, Allah talks about the people, uh, you know, because of their actions who will be admitted into paradise. God says, and give glad tidings to those who believe and do good works, that for them are gardens beneath which flow streams or rivers. Whenever they are given a portion of fruit therefrom, they will say, this is what was given to us before, and gifts mutually resembling shall be brought to them, and they will have therein maids perfectly pure, and therein will they abide. So again, I have just given you one example, but there are, as I mentioned, throughout the Holy Quran, this topic is repeated often and explained in different ways so that people can understand that there is a life after. And for those who do good works, it will be a very pleasant and peaceful, peaceful experience. Whereas for others who, who live this life in a manner um, that is, uh, you know, against the commands of God Almighty, it will be very painful and not so pleasant. Then again, in chapter 64 of the Holy Quran, verse number 8, Allah talks about uh, disbelie uh, those who disbelieve in the hereafter. Allah says, those who disbelieve assert that they will not be raised up. Say, ye by my Lord, you shall surely be raised up, then shall you be informed of what you did. And that is easy for Allah. So here, God Almighty removes the misconception of the people who, who doubt, you know, who have doubts or suspicions about the hereafter. Those who think that this world is it, there is nothing after this. Uh, therefore, do whatever you want, be whatever the way you want and no need to follow the commands of God. Allah says that th these people who have such beliefs, they will be raised up. And throughout the Holy Quran, Allah gives evidence that how can you say that there will not be an afterlife when I am telling you? Because... I am the one who has created you. How have you come into existence today? If you have come into existence today, someone has put you there. Someone has created you there. If that someone is telling you that I can recreate you after you have died or I, have, I can give you a new form of life, then how can you doubt that? So this is what is explained uh, in this verse of God Almighty. And Allah the Almighty even says that in the hereafter, when these people who disbelieved in God Almighty, either who rejected the hereafter or those who believed in the hereafter but did not care to, to make their actions uh, according to the commands of God. In chapter 23, verse 100 and 101, it is recorded that these people will say that, Oh God, send us back so that we can improve our, our, you know, uh, our actions, what we did before, we want to change that. And God Almighty will say that time has passed, that was long ago, and now there is a barrier, uh, barzakh, there is a barrier between this life and 
that previous life. That is a long gone period now. So as Islam, uh, in short, we believe in the hereafter. We believe that there is life after death, so to speak. And uh, this life, is, it, is, it is a trial to see how well we behave, how well we live our lives and commands with Allah the Almighty. And this is part of the journey that we are taking towards God Almighty. There is a saying of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, where he compares this life to, to a traveler who is making a journey going towards his destination and he takes a nap under a tree. The Holy Prophet compares that nap with the life in this world, that this is how short this period is. Otherwise, our soul is being developed. We are being developed for something that is much bigger to come after this. So the form, the new form that once a person makes transit from this world and takes, what kind of form? Is it going to be the same physical form or a different form, basically? Yes, um, important question because basically what happens to, to us when we die, um, our soul is in the body that we are living in today. When we die, this body stays in this world and eventually, you know, um, becomes dust. It becomes nothing. Once we are buried, it becomes nothing. But the soul, that moves on. The journey of the soul begins from there. And uh, this is explained uh, by the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Um, he says that when a person dies, his body is left in this world. And depending how closely attached that person was to the world, meaning how worldly he was, um, the longer his soul lingers on in this world for 30 days, 40 days, up to 40 days, and then eventually makes the journey forward. But if it is somebody who is very, who was very, uh, you know, godly person, God conscious person, he had the desire to move towards God Almighty. His soul longed to be meeting with God Almighty. Such a person uh, is a, uh, such a person's soul is excited to move on. So therefore, it doesn't stay in this world too long. Um, this is interesting that when someone passes away, the Holy Prophet. Uh, Muhammad peace and blessings of Allah be upon him has said that one should not do wailing or too much crying uh, around the, the, the dead body because it tortures the soul of that person basically meaning that at that time when someone has passed away the soul still has that attachment to the body and is still there but at the same time depending how righteous the person is the soul will move on either very quickly or after a few days, according to our time. Thank you very much, Imam Tariq Azim. And if you just joined us, you are listening to the message of Islam brought to you by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica. Today on the program, we are discussing life after death. That is when a person dies, um, do they take form, do they take, take a new form based on the Islamic beliefs? And it's Imam Tariq Azim is taking us through he has quoted several verses from the Holy Quran which uh, supports the idea that there is, you know, life actually after we depart this world. One verse that also, you know, comes to mind and it is the kind of questions people ask that how possible is it that, you know, when we have died and the bones are rotting, everything is rotting, 
can we come back to life? And Allah the Almighty answers that in the Holy Quran, chapter 36, verse 79. He says, and he coins similitude for us. That is, man coins similitude for us and forgets his own creation. He says, who can quicken the bones when they are decayed? So people always ask this question that um, when we are dead and rotten, how is it that we're going to come back to life? And Allah the Almighty is saying in the Holy Quran that don't forget the origin of your creation. You were created from, you know, an insignificant drop of fluid. If that was possible, how much, you know, difficult do you think God is going to, uh, difficulty you think God is going to have to assemble the bones and give you a new form, which of course is not going to be the same, you know, physical bones, but, you know, in a different form. Imam Tariq Azim, this brings me to my next question. That is, when a person dies, what actually happens? In your earlier questions, getting to the end, you hinted, you know, uh, to some degree. But taking us through, when a person dies, is pronounced dead, what happens? Yes, as I explained that uh, once the person dies, once a person dies, his body, his physical body, uh, which acts as a uh, holder or a you know container for the soul, uh, that is uh, left in this world and it eventually it decays and becomes part of the earth. But his soul is what moves on. That is what, you know, um, goes on. The, the journey for the soul continues. And when a person dies, it's not immediately that he is admitted into heaven or hell, into paradise or to hell, but rather um, as, you know, he is, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, explains that he is put into this state which is referred to as barzakh. This is an intermediary state between this life and the afterlife that is to begin much after this. There is a saying of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and he says, is reported to have said that after our death, windows will open up in the grave. For the pious people, windows open from heaven, and for the wicked people, they open towards hell. So, and again, I mean, there's much more explanation um, given that, you know, those, those who have done good works once they are in this intermediary state, uh, the windows, the you know, bring in the views, the joys, the pleasures uh, of the paradise, right? Because those people are going to be admitted to paradise after the day of judgment. So they are basically sitting, you can, so to speak, in a, in a VIP lounge waiting for their eventual reward. And even at that time, because of the, you know, uh, because of the good works they have done, God is rewarding them uh, by showing to them, by giving to them uh, some idea, some uh, clues, some, you know, uh, feelings of what it will be to be in the paradise eventually. But for those uh, who will be admitted into hell because of their actions, who have to be punished because of their actions, they will, even before they reach the punishment, they will be feeling the torment that is about to come to them very soon. One thing that needs to be understood here, that this is a metaphorical statement that, you know, in the grave, a window will open and these things. Because if we open up any grave, we don't see any window inside opening into paradise or opening into hell, right? So this needs to be understood in metaphors. As a matter of fact, not every person is even buried into a grave. In different religions, in different faiths, some people are cremated, some people are, you know, different things are done. So 
again, but at the same time, Islam, the Holy Prophet and the founder of Islam, Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, here he's not talking about Muslims. He's talking about you know humanity in general. That this is what happens. That they await uh, the day of judgment, the day when they will eventually be admitted into hell or heaven. But before that, they're put into this intermediary state where they enjoy. Uh, if they are, if, you know, if they are to be admitted into paradise, some of the spiritual pre- pleasures that they will eventually get once they move on to the next life. I found this uh, from one of the articles that gives an explanation of this phase uh, from our community. Uh, it explains about this intermediary phase that the grave is actually an intermediary phase of existence between this life and the life to come. Here, spiritual life in this sec- in this phase. Here, spiritual life will progress gradually through many stages until it reaches its ultimate destiny. Then, by the command of Allah, a trumpet will be blown and the final spiritual form will come into being. In this interim period, different souls would pass through a semblance of heaven or hell before reaching their final stage of perfection, fit and ready to be raised into a completely transformed entity. The Quran illustrates this concept beautifully. Ma khalkukum wala ba'sukum illa kanafsin wahida. Inna Allah samiyun basir. That your creation and your resurrection are only like the creation and resurrection of a single soul. Verily, Allah is all hearing, all seeing. So, humans go through this or our souls go through this intermediary phase before being admitted into hell or heaven and this is where our soul is prepared for that next journey Um, the promised messiah the founder of Ahmadiyya Muslim community has elaborated on this entire topic that we're discussing today in his book in his treatise the philosophy of the teaching of Islam in a beautiful manner and he explains that how the, you know, the creation of the universe took so long so that the humans could be, or we could be created in the perfect form that we are today. Then a child, um, you know, uh, a baby that is born, it takes about nine months to be prepared within the womb of the mother. So God Almighty, I think we have spoken about this before in our programs as well, that God Almighty passes everything through stages passes everything through evolution to make it ready for whatever the next phase is going to be. So this intermediary phase basically prepares our soul, brings it to that level where it can be brought into the next spiritual, next form of life that is awaiting us in the hereafter. And then again, um, of course, this question continues that what happens to us after we die, after, as we said, that after that intermediary phase, one is admitted into that state of bliss that is paradise or state of punishment that we refer to as uh, as hell. Thank you very much. And for our uh, Muslim brothers who are listening to us, the intermediary faith that um, you spoke about is mentioned. A quick search in the Holy Quran would you know, lead you to three places that this word is mentioned. Two are in relation to life after death and one relates to something else. With this topic, we also understand that everything we do here, it has a reflection in the uh, next world. Imam Tariq Azim, how does the present life impact or affect the life hereafter? 
Yes, uh, the life in this world has a direct correlation with the life in the next world. We learn about that our actions, how we live this life, if we live in a righteous manner, in a manner that is according to the commands of God Almighty, then we will be rewarded. And then we also read that if we uh, live a, you know, a life that is against the commands of God Almighty, then we will be punished for it. Um, just to give a couple of examples, in the Holy Quran, uh, it is mentioned in chapter 64, verse 18. It says that, God Almighty says, The day when he shall gather you, on the day of gathering, that will be the day of mutual loss and gain. And whoso believes in Allah and does good deeds, he will remove, God will remove from them the evil consequences of their deeds. And he will make them enter gardens through which streams flow to abide therein forever. That is the supreme triumph. So as, as you ask that, how does this life impact the hereafter? This verse very clearly explains that those who believe in God and do good deeds, they will be admitted into paradise. They will be admitted into gardens. They will enter the gardens where rivers flow and they will live there forever. And then again, regarding those people who will be punished because of their actions, it is again also mentioned uh, throughout the Holy Quran. Uh, just to give one example on this topic, it is, uh, it is mentioned in chapter 5, verses 37 and 38. God Almighty says, Surely, if those who disbelieve had all that is in the earth and as much over again to ransom themselves therewith from the punishment of the day of resurrection, it would not be accepted from them and they shall have a painful punishment. They will wish to come out of the fire, but they will not be able to come out of it and they shall have a lasting punishment. So again, you see that uh, Allah the Almighty explains that there is reward. There is a you know, reward for the people who do good works. And then those who uh, do not abide by the conditions, the teachings and the commands given by Allah the Almighty in this world, for them there is some form of punishment as well, which is again mentioned to be very painful. Just like the pleasures are mentioned to be very uh, peaceful and enjoyable, similarly the punishment is such that that, that will... Uh, bother us that we, we would desire that we had lived a better life and we would have many regrets at that time god forbid if anyone any one of us is in that situation but the life of this world does not only impact in the sense of reward that you do this so because of this something will be given into the, you you know given to you in the next life may it be punishment or uh, or paradise but rather our present life and our actions directly affect the hereafter directly there is in chapter 17 verse 14 chapter 17 verse 14 of the holy quran god almighty says every person's doings have we fastened firmly to his neck and on the day of judgment we shall make them manifest and shall place them before him in the form of a book which he will find wide open so meaning everything that a person is doing that is becoming part of him. It is, it, he, it is an open book that is attached to his neck, meaning every all the records are there. So whatever his actions are, he will be carrying them with him to the next life. Then another verse, chapter 57, verse 13 says, On that day, day of judgment, on that day thou wilt see the light of the believing men and the believing women, which is hidden in this world, running before them and on their right, hand, right hands manifestly. 
So if you look at both these verses, it tells us that the heaven or hell that we are creating for the hereafter is starting in this very world. But because our senses, because certain feelings are hidden from us at in this point in life, that's why we're not able to experience all that in this world. But when we go to the next world, it will be the same heaven or same hell that we have created in this world that will have an effect, uh, that will have, you know, that's how we will live in the next world. So it is all our actions will have an impact uh, in the next life. But before I go further, because I have referred to, you know, gardens uh, and the rivers and whatnot of the hereafter, and I've also talked about some punishments. Uh, but before I do that, one thing needs to be understood by our uh, our listeners that the descriptions given in the Holy Quran or descriptions given by the Prophet of Islam regarding heaven or hell, they are not to be taken literally. Because Allah the Almighty, God Almighty Himself has stated in the Holy Quran, What this means is that and no soul knows what joy of the eye is kept hidden for them as a reward for their good works. So they, they don't know uh, we don't know what is uh, awaiting us, what is, you know, in the hereafter. But at the same time, we see all these descriptions given in the Holy Quran. So these descriptions are only given to make us realize those things that we consider pleasurable or enjoyable in this world. Um, Allah has given us just to give us an idea. But in reality, the next life is completely different. The rewards of the next life, we, we, we have no clue exactly what they will be like. The Prophet of Islam, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, he has also said something similar that, you know, that I quoted from the Holy Quran. He said that Allah told him, Allah has said, I have prepared for my pious servants things which have never been seen by an eye or heard by an ear or imagined by a human being. So all these things that are mentioned in the Holy Quran regarding heaven or hell, it, make, it, it, it becomes very clear that we don't know what they are really going to be like. These are just metaphors to give us some sense, to give us an idea that what the hereafter uh, is going to be like or you know, to what kind of pleasures or what kind of punishments uh, we feel in this world we will see in the next life, but not to be compared directly. For example, just to take a look at the example of gardens, it is mentioned throughout the Holy Quran that those who do good works, they will be admitted into Jannah. Jannah, is we refer to it as paradise, and it is literal. Uh, its literal translation is a garden, that they will be admitted into a garden with all these uh, you know, fruitful trees and rivers and milk and honey and all these other things. So it, they, 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 you know, the commentators, particularly the promised Messiah, founder of Ahmadiyya Muslim community, he has explained this, that what these things mean. Gardens and you know the rivers and whatnot. They, this is in this life what we are creating ourselves, right? Our soul when it goes into the next world, basically we are creating a garden. We all have been given a garden in the next life. When we do good works, good deeds, those those actions they become or they serve as a river to our garden. And because of our good deeds, our garden blossoms, our garden becomes more beautiful and more lively. So that garden, it's only given as an example or as a metaphor for us to understand that we have to water that garden with our good action, with our good deeds. 
to imagine that literally just like we have physical or uh, material you know gardens in this world similar thing will be existing in the next life that is that is not the case rather it is um, as I mentioned, metaphors that have been given in the Holy Quran and then same applies to the punishments of the hereafter as well. For example, it's mentioned that there will be chains uh, upon the person which do not let him go too far and you know, boiling water and all these other punishful, punishment and painful things have been mentioned as a punishment. But again, as I mentioned, they will definitely be painful. Whatever the experience will be for hell will be horrendous, will be painful. But at the same time, it, the way it has been explained, it is only in metaphors. And whatever we are doing in this world, that is what is going to create our heaven or hell. Basically, we are creating it right now. We may not perceive it. We may not sense it right now. Our actions directly have an impact. It should not be thought that uh, God Almighty will specifically punish somebody for, uh, you know, uh, how can be God so merciless that he would be punishing somebody and whatnot. God Almighty has created laws. God Almighty has created laws of nature in this and where we are today. And same thing for every kind of creation, God Almighty has created these laws of nature. So in this world, for example, if a person goes to the, you know, top of the building and jumps from the building, he breaks his leg or, you know, injures himself in multiple places. He cannot blame God for it. It is his own choice. Or if somebody else pushed him, it is that person's fault. God Almighty has created the laws of nature. And when we you know, live in this world, when we do something, there is a consequence for it. So heaven or hell, it will be a consequence of our actions in this very life. That is what afterlife is. You know, Similar concept as I've explained with the falling off a building or a cliff or wherever. A uh, similar concept applies to the next life as well, that our actions in this life will automatically bring fruits in the next life. To explain this further, um, let me explain this in, in the sense that in, we have been given five senses in this life, in this world. You know, We feel pain or pleasure based on these senses. You know, uh, there is food, we, we taste it, we enjoy it, right? It is because of the, the sense of taste that we're able to do it. Then there is a smelling something. If there is, if you're passing through a garden, we smell such beautiful roses or other flowers. It is because of that, you know, uh, the sense of no, the, the sense of smell that we have. If you're passing through a, a pile of garbage, that will be, you know, the painful, painful smell. But then again, then there's also the sense of touch. If we th touch something very soft and delicate, it feels it feels good. But if you touch a thorn, something you know, it will prick, it will prickle you. It will it will hurt you. You might start bleeding, but it will hurt you because of the sense of touch. Then there is also um, you know um, the sense of seeing our eyes, with right sense of sight. We look at the mountains. We look at the forests. We look at the rivers flowing through them. We see it. Look at waterfalls. It brings us joy by looking at them. We look at our children, you know, growing up and doing their funny or silly activities. It, our sense of sight particularly enjoys those things. Uh, we enjoy those things from them. Similarly, the similar uh, the sense of hearing as well. Also, we see that we see we hear the river going past us. That brings us certain joy. And again, certain noises bother us as well. So all these senses we've been given 
in this world through which we enjoy many aspects of life and through this we also feel pain at certain times. But if any one of these senses is damaged, then we will not be able to enjoy that pleasure that we enjoy at the moment. For example, take the example of sense of smell. If a person could a person could be sitting in a pile of garbage, pile of trash, and might not even be able to smell how bad you know how bad it's uh, the smell is in that area. So again, the senses become damaged. So when the reason I'm explaining this is because in the next life, in the life after this, the senses that God Almighty will give us that are currently, you can say, inactivated. We can activate them in this very life. And once we activate them in this very life, we we start seeing some things in this very life uh, or we start feeling the pleasures or the pains in this very life from those other senses as well that we, we, you know, we are, you can say, in a way have become inactivated in this world. In the next life, when we have those senses or our same senses have been heightened, then we will either enjoy or regret due to our actions that we have committed in this world. Let me give another example because this is a very uh, complicated topic to understand at times. If we are walking or if we have been sitting too long, let's say, and, and, and my foot becomes numb because of that, now the sense of touch, sense of pain in my foot has gone away. At that time, if a thorn, you know, uh, or something pointy hits under my foot, I might not even feel the pain. If I twist my ankle, possibly I might not even feel the pain. But when that sense will come back, I will know what had happened and I will, you know, I will be in anguish, I will be in pain. Right? Similar is the life in the hereafter as well, that because of our actions in this world, we will, because of the senses that Allah the Almighty will give to us at that time, the same actions that we did in this world here will hurt us, will bother us, will, we will say that why did we do this, why did we do this, that regret and that anguish and that pain will come if we haven't lived the life according to the will of God Almighty, according to the command of God Almighty. But if we have lived according to God Almighty's will, even if we we, you know, we would have enjoyed our life in this world as well. But at, then at the same time, with those senses, those heightened senses, those ex- additional senses or additional feelings, we will be able to realize that, you know, we, we, we will be in, in, in a state of pleasure, will be a state of enjoyment. That will be the paradise. Our sto- soul will be at peace. Just to give one quick example uh, of this situation. When we, you know, for example, a person who has done many, many bad things in his life and all of a sudden he goes through transformation and he becomes a renewed, a reformed person. And then he looks back at his life that what he did to such and such person, what he did to such and another person, you know, it hurts him. It bothers him, even though he did those things in the past. But because of this new spiritual senses he has developed inside of himself, he regrets some of the things he has done in the past. And if it's a righteous person, he would keep praying to God Almighty for forgiveness. He would shed tears because he feels the pain of the past, of the mistakes that he has done in the you know, in, in his life. So that same concept, you can say that it applies to the next life as well, that we will be able to experience in the next life our um, the fruits of our actions, the fruits of the life that we have lived in this world.
Thank you very much, Imam Tariq Azim, uh, for the wonderful explanation and also the series of examples you've given uh, in answer to how the present life affects or impacts the life hereafter. If you just joined us, you are listening to the message of Islam brought to you by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica. And uh, if there is any question that you would want us to treat, which we have not, you know, touched on uh, in our previous episodes, you can send us a message with that question. And the number is 876-283-9533. And if you want to also visit in person for any, um, you know, further dialogue, you can either visit the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community at 25 Sugarway Bushy Park, Old Harbour, St. Catherine, or Trey Trelawney Street, Falmouth Trelawney, and you'll be received, you know, in a very handsome manner. Imam Tariq Azim, Islam teaches us that um, every human being has been assigned met metaphorically two angels, each one of them recording the good and also the other one recording the bad deed that, you know, a person undertakes. At what point, basically, does, you know, a person um, enter hell or heaven based on the, the weight they have accumulated, whether it is good deed or bad deed, in answer to, basically, as an ad additional um, question to how this present life affects our hereafter, so that we will be mindful of what we do you know, whenever we are either doing good or doing bad? According to Islam, we are taught that God Almighty is forgiving. God Almighty is merciful. And when you look at the mercy of God, forgiveness that God practices towards uh, his servants, um, you, would, you would think that nobody would enter into hell. There is actually a very famous saying uh, of the first Khalifa or the you know successor of the Holy Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He said that when I look at uh, you know the verses or the when God talks about the punishments uh, for uh, for the sins that we are committing in this life, he says that I think that and and he says that if I find out that there is only one person to be admitted into hell. And then I look at the sins I have committed, I think that I would end up there. But he says that then when I look at uh, the mercy of God, and I, if I am to hear that there is only one person to be admitted into paradise, and I look at the mercy of Allah, I am so hopeful that that person can be me. So this is the balance that a righteous person tries to live. We try to live the life in as righteous manner as possible. We know that as humans, we will make mistakes. We continue to make mistakes and we continue to seek forgiveness for them. Um, and again, if somebody has committed um, many sins even in his life, in their life, but if they, are, if they truly repent, Allah the Almighty can admit them into paradise. It does not mean that they have to go through uh, the, the punishment or have to go through hell. 
that is only if uh, you know if a person dies and even at that time he was uh, not remorseful and never in his life he showed remorse and never in his life he tried to be a better person then of course that person uh, will be uh, because of his arrogance because of his behavior he would be receiving the reward uh, of his actions that he has done in this world but if god almighty wishes if somebody is repentant god almighty loves to forgive right uh, there is a saying of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. He has taught us this prayer that, um, Allahumma inna ka afuvun, O God Almighty, you are, you know, you're forgiving. And you love to forgive. Hence, forgive me. Right? To hibbul afwa fa'fu anni. He has taught us this prayer. So this prayer we, we, we read often. And this is a concept we believe that, yes, we commit sins, we make mistakes, but we always keep praying to Allah the Almighty that, Oh Allah, keep me away from sins. Give me the strength to fight. And when my end comes, please make sure that my I end my life in good terms with you. Right. So this is the concept. We don't believe that literally for every single crime a person uh, will be punished in the hereafter. Rather, God Almighty can and certainly forgives many of our shortcomings if we are repentant and if we are uh, asking for forgiveness of Allah. And of course, the Holy Quran also says that, I mean, Allah the Almighty's uh, forgiveness, His mercy outweighs His anger. And uh, there's also this hadith which clearly indicates that God is so merciful that when a person intends to do a good deed, one good, you know, is recorded for the individual. When you actually put it into practice, you get 10 good deeds recorded. And the Prophet of Islam وسلم, said, he added that between 10 and 700, nobody stops Allah from, you know, nobody can stop him from giving you from 10 to 700. But then on the other side, when a person thinks of doing something bad, nothing is written against the person. And when he actually or she actually puts it into practice, then one bad deed is recorded. So if you look at it, when a person does a good deed, you get two rewards. I mean, sorry, 10 rewards recorded for you. And when you do a bad deed, only one is recorded. And um, it is, it is, you know, kind of um, reinforces the statement that the first Khalifa, as you, you, you stated, made. But of course, as we have uh, some other questions to deal with, Let's look at this. People always would want to see everything with their physical eyes before they believe. Sometimes they forget that, as you stated, God the Almighty has created several, you know, uh, senses that are used based on exactly what one is experiencing. People sometimes say that, how can the person prove that there is life after death? They need something of evidential value to provide evidence that life truly exists or can exist after death. What can Imam Tariq, you know, uh, tell these people? Well, before I um, answer this question, I would like to give an analogy. And this analogy, in my opinion, really beautifully sums up um, the, you know, the answer to this question that you have asked. So this analogy goes as such, the story goes as such. In a mother's womb were two babies. One asked the other, 
Do you believe in life after delivery? The other replies, Why, of course, there has to be something after delivery. Maybe we are here to prepare ourselves for what we will be later. Nonsense, says the other. There is no life after delivery. What would that life be? I don't know, but there will be more light than here. Maybe we will walk with our legs and eat from our mouths. The other says, This is absurd. Walking is impossible. And eat with our mouths? Ridiculous. The umbilical cord supplies nutrition. Life after delivery is to be excluded. The umbilical cord is too short. I think there is something, and maybe it's different than it is here, the other replies. Then the first one says, No one has ever come back from there. Delivery is the end of life, and in the after delivery it is nothing but darkness and anxiety, and it takes us nowhere. Well, I don't know, says the other, but certainly we will see mother, and she will take care of us. Mother, you believe in mother? Where is she now? She is all around us. It is in her that we live. Without her there would not be this world. I don't see her, so it's only logical that she doesn't exist, says the first. To which the other replied, Sometimes, when you are in silence, you can hear her, you can perceive her. I believe there is a reality after delivery, and we are here to prepare ourselves for that reality. So this, this analogy, in my opinion, beautifully sums up our life in this world and what is to come after. When God Almighty, who has created us, you know, has brought us through so many stages, our life started with a, uh, you know, a drop of fluid. And then from there, we uh, there's a process that a child goes through for the nine months before it is ready to be born. And then from there, he, you know, grows up and in each stage, that existence of that, you know, that being, that existence doesn't necessarily know what is to come. But still, that those stages come and we keep moving on. And similarly, this life is just another stage for what is to come after in the next life. So this analogy in my, uh, you know, I've, I've always found this analogy to be very beautiful and explains and sums up all the allegations and answers all the allegations or questions that one could ask about existence of God or uh, the life in the hereafter. But more simply, um, how do we know about the existence of anything? We know that there are planets. We, we've heard that there are planets out there, you know, in our solar system and which we haven't set foot on ourselves, right? We haven't even seen those ourselves. We know that there is there are gases such as oxygen, which we need to breathe, even though we cannot see. Without them, we would we would not be here. We would die, right? Why do we believe in them or these things exist? Why do we believe? Because reliable people who studied, who researched these things, these elements, have presented their research and we have no choice but to accept them because those are reliable people in their uh, fields of uh, research, fields of study. So in the matter of the life after world, which is not a physical but a spiritual matter, who told us about this? The prophets. And are they reliable people? It is the prophets of God Almighty. They are the ones who have told us about this. And, you know, they have proved the existence of God Almighty through their through um, through the signs that God has shown through them, right? Through the prophets. 
And they, the same people who have shown the signs of existence of God, they have also told us about the accountability of our actions, that we will be held responsible. You know, the Holy Quran, for example, as we Muslims believe, there, is, there are countless prophecies in this book that have already been fulfilled and there are countless prophecies that are being fulfilled every day. When all those things are coming true, then how can we deny when God says that there will be life in the hereafter as well, there will be a hereafter as well. So in Islam, um, we believe in the hereafter and we believe that there is enough evidence for it because the people who told us about it, their truthfulness, their reliability is certain to us. We have seen so many signs through those prophets, through those people that there is no way that we can deny uh, deny you know the hereafter. In Islam, there are certain elements we refer to as belief in the unseen, you know, belief in the ghaib. And again, hereafter is one of those things, but there is all this evidence that proves its existence. And all that is left is that we believe in it. Thank you very much, Imam Tariq Azim, for the beautiful explanation. And today, as I said, we are discussing life after death. That is um, the answering the question that people always ask as to whether it is possible to, I mean, for this life to take a new form after we depart this world. And Imam Tariq Azim took us through answering, you know, a vast range of questions under this subject. Imam Tariq Azim, you see, there, there, there is another um, question that would have to do with reincarnation, which is another popular concept that some people have. And I believe listeners would want to know whether we as Muslims also believe in that kind of process. But before that, every Muslim is required that before we go to bed, we offer this prayer. Allahumma bismika amutu wa ahya. And the translation is, Oh Allah, oh my God, it is in your name I die, and in your name I come back to life. Giving us the indication that once a person goes to sleep, it is a form of death. And that is basically the, the, um, the minor form of death. Let's look at when we sleep, some of the experiences we get. We have dreams, we visit places, that we either have never visited. We see people that we have never you know, met. We have enjoyment based on the dreams. Sometimes we have some terrible experiences. All these things are what I think God Almighty uses as another form of evidence to show us that once we die, the soul in us, that when we sleep and we lock our door, Living, you know, being in our rooms, not exiting anywhere. We travel, we go to US, we go to UK without passport in our dreams. If a person would want to find, you know, scientific evidence to show that once a person dies, he can take up a new form, then I believe they should also be ready to tell us scientifically what constitutes the dream. When you go to, you know, when you, you traveled in your dreams, what evidence can they, you know, uh, use to, I mean, uh, kind of prove that? Can I say that once I did not see the dream visibly, I can, you know, um, reject somebody's 
dream narration. So I think that is also another um, interpretation that God Almighty uses to uh, tell us. And concerning heaven and hell, we have seen in some experiences, I believe everybody would have, you know, a case to share, that sometimes you have some dream and you wished you never got up. Sometimes you get up from sleep in a dream and you are so upset because you wanted to continue with the enjoyment. That will be something similar to an experience, a bigger experience a person may have, you know, in heaven. Then also, in some cases, a person or people have dreams, and it is so terrible that they get up and they are thanking God, that God, thank you for saving me from this, you know, uh, torturous, you know, dream. That could also be some kind of uh, a little experience to indicate the bigger, you know, um, experience a person can endure when they are unfortunately, you know, um, admitted to hell. So I believe that could also uh, be another uh, supporting proof that life, you know, can exist or life would certainly exist after we leave this world. Now back to the reincarnation. Does Islam, of course, we don't have much time, so you can briefly give us a yes or no answer. Does Islam believe in the concept of reincarnation that when a person dies, they, the same person can come back to life into this, you know, this world? No, as Muslims, we do not believe that there is a, in the concept of reincarnation, we do not believe that when somebody dies, they come into this world. We believe that once our life is done here, our soul moves on to the next life or to the, you know, it continues to journey towards the next life. And it has nothing to do with coming back into this world as we see the concept of reincarnation in certain other religions. Um, I think our discussion today um, would have... Uh, you know, uh, helped people understand that as Muslims, we believe or what we believe regarding the afterlife and what happens when we die. And absolutely re reincarnation, uh, you know, the, there's no concept of reincarnation um, in the in the religion of Islam. Thank you very much, Imam Tariq Azim. And also to my cherished listeners, this is all that time would allow on message of Islam. If, as I said, if you have any question, regarding today's um, you know topic or any other question that has not been uh, treated and you would want to you know get in touch with us you can send us your message via whatsapp and the number to do so is 876-283-9533 if you missed a portion of this program you can always have the full episode on our facebook page that is facebook.com slash amj jamaica until we come your way next time with another interesting episode from the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. May the good Lord bless and keep each and every one of us safe. And also, our message has always been love for all and hatred for none. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. There is no other God. Except Almighty Allah And Muhammad is his messenger La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Allah Kesewa, koi mabut nahi.
मोहम्मद अल्लाह के रसूल है ला इला।